All right, you guys asked, and we are answering. Today's episode is going to be a Q and A. Q and A on a bunch of different topics. So um, we we put out the feelers onto yes. Instagram and Facebook, and we got hundreds of questions. Yes. So we tried to pick out themes, and the themes aren't exactly the easiest themes. Mm-hmm. But one of them is going to be uh, talking about abortion. Oh. And another one is going to be talking about roles in marriage and submission. And oh. there's a few fun ones in between, but we've also got uh, a conversation about sex as well. But yeah, lots of very practical things and uh, things that we talk about from a more like heart and head standpoint. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, hopefully you find this uh, helpful and productive for you. I know that we had a fun time. See you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. I kind of like the Q&As because we get to cover different questions and we get to dive into some different topics that maybe we don't always get to go into. Yeah. Um, yeah. The drawback, though, is that if we want to cover a lot of questions, we don't always get to dive in super deep. But we get to share kind of the things we learn. Although today we are ambitiously, I think, tackling <laughs> 17 questions. Oh, you had to put the number out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see if we get through them. We've given ourselves a few minutes each. And so don't hopefully... worry, listener. It's not like we're going to spend five minutes on each question. We're going to go pretty fast. And there's a few that are just kind of fun <clears throat> to kind of lighten yeah. up the mood throughout yeah. some of them. So. Yeah. So this is, yeah. It, it, it's a. I think this is a landmark it's episode. Power, park, power packed. <laughs> this is a landmark episode for us because we have finally hit our first Patreon goal of 100 patrons. Ooh. Yes, we, it sounds, yeah. <laughs> and here's why I'm so excited about it, because it's just, it's symbolic of the people like you, fair listener, and people who read our blog and our books, that they are on mission with mm. us, and that's really what it's all about. But it's also enabled us to build out Fierce Marriage, the podcast, mm-hmm. even more. Uh, namely, we have interviews coming down the pipeline. Mm-hmm. We have some amazing guests, Jackie Hill Perry and her husband, Preston. We have Jefferson and Alyssa, Alyssa Bethke mm-hmm. on to talk about family, family teams. We have Dave and Ashley Willis to talk mm-hmm. about The Naked Marriage. That, that interview airs uh, in two days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have a whole bunch more amazing guests already in the pipeline. Yeah. Uh, and that's just, all thanks to you guys. Yes, because we were finally able to hire somebody part-time to help coordinate all this stuff. Yep. And it sounds silly, but it takes a lot of time. And, and we were just, we we're already so maxed out with young kids at home Mm -hmm. and having to write and do all the stuff that we love to do, but it just takes time. Mm -hmm. So we are trying to get a jump now on Um, our next goal. Yeah. We have another (laughs) Patreon goal of 250 patrons and we hit that goal. It'll allow us to build out more of our, I think it's actually 500 patrons, more of our ecosystem for uh, events Mm -hmm. and equipping lay ministers to to minister in their local churches Mm -hmm. into the, the lot, into, I guess, disciple and, and speaking to the lives of the other, of the couples in their churches. Mm. Anyway, the way we're kind of getting to jump on that, and hopefully you'll jump on board with this, is we, for the next 100 patrons who join at the $5 level, that's patreon.com slash fierce marriage. Get on there. You'll see the $5 level. Or more. Or more. Yes. If you join at that level or more, we're going to give you a free pair of books. We're going to give you our 40-day prayer journey books for free. We also have another an e-course that's opening up in the next few weeks. We're going to give that for free to our patrons at every level. That's so pretty awesome. The next 100 patrons at $5 or more, go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage and you can be a part of it awesome another way you can support us <laughs> so we have to ask because this is this, <laughs> this is just, what, this is the life this that, it's all about yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you can if you haven't yet and this podcast has helped you we'd love it if you would leave a rating just a star rating in itunes or whatever podcasting app you use just click on that star rating if you feel compelled write a sentence or two uh, in the review area that helps us and it helps get the word out um, for others who are looking for a yeah. uh, marriage podcast. And if you guys have any questions while you're listening, um, this is how we've been doing our Q&As, but we also like to pick a question for our normal podcast conversations. You can text or call us at 971-333-1120, mm. and we'd be happy to start taking those down and answering them as we can. So <clears throat> today's episode is a bit different. Uh, it is. It's a Q&A, and we don't do, do these as often as I think we'd like to. But um, just kind of one caveat here is just a, a, maybe more of a reminder yes. uh, that this is a podcast. You know, these we are sharing things that we have learned. Um, we're not professional counselors. We do not have degrees in counseling. The, this is just a couple, 
you and Ryan and Selena following Jesus. These are the things we've learned in our right. 15 going on 16 years of marriage that the Lord has graciously allowed us to learn. Right. And we um, have spent time studying God's yes, word on these topics. Yes. We've spent time in that sense. But mm-hmm. we're this isn't this isn't a replacement for counseling or pastoral care. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you hear any questions that someone has asked, um, please don't just take our advice and run with it. You need to make sure you're walking alongside me and shepherded by mm-hmm. somebody, mm-hmm. whether it's a counselor or a pastor or Absolutely. a close mentor, Absolutely. somebody smarter than, hopefully somebody smarter than you who can walk <laughs> right. alongside you. We, right. we have those people. Yep. And so that's a really good caveat. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. And yeah. um, the other one is that I, I think we, I, well, I think we need to pray. I okay. think that's the first. Sounds good. I'm Did we finish our caveats? I think so. Okay. I'm going to pray for us. I just, I want some wisdom here. Uh, we, there's, as we mentioned, there's a lot of hard questions coming up. So <laughs> Lord, help me. <laughs> Jesus, thank you for this time that we get to just pour over um, these issues and, and, and apply your word, hopefully, to these situations in a wise way. God, I pray that you would be glorified in whatever um, we say and whatever our listeners hear, that you would get the glory of every, mm-hmm. every bit of it that we have to give through answering these questions. I pray that you would also allow these couples to flourish, the husband and the wife listening to this, that you would take the time today and you would help them apply it to their marriage in a way that, that mm-hmm. um, helps them to flourish and to bring more glory to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. All right, Selena. Well, well now you get gonna, to run with it. You can answer all the questions. Push me in. Here we go. All right. Let's, uh, we're going to start off with uh, this one came from Kim on Instagram. Yeah. She said, any tips for quiet time with Jesus alone and or together in a season with a newborn and a toddler? Mm. We are not far from that season. <laughs> no. So um, I think, you know, with I've been listening to other podcasts like Journey Woman and R- Risen Motherhood, and a lot of the themes um, that I've been able to kind of glean from them is just when you have those moments, look for the opportunities in between, right? You're not, you're probably not going to sit down and have coffee and write in your journal and read your Bible for an hour a day, right? That's kind of unrealistic at this time. But when you are doing things like doing your dishes, is there a time that you can put on a podcast and listen to it? Is there a time that you can be praying for people? I know many women that are in the middle of laundry. They're changing diapers. They're praying for their children in the middle of it all, right? And so there's times that you can definitely mm-hmm. meet with Jesus. I would say if you can get in your Bible as much as you can, oh, there was another, there was a writer. Um, she writes tons of books now. I can't remember her name. I'll think of it. But she said a lot of her time as a mother uh, was spent sort of just researching and just being in scripture, just being in it. So like, it may not be tons of time, but it was little amounts of time soaking up scripture as she could and just allowing it, you know, allowing the Holy Spirit to kind of work it out in you. Again, we talk about reading scripture and not in just like for volume all the time, right? We want it to, to slowly kind of read us and authoritate in our lives. And so having a newborn and toddler, just recognize the season that you're in, recognize it's not going to be like this all the time. Yeah. And you guys, and I think doing this together, one way that looks like is just having some intentional, um, transparent conversations, um, once a week, if you can, if not every day, just kind of a little touch point. I was going to say, I want to, I want to jump in because I think, um, yeah, where do husbands fit in? <laughs> well, the, the, the struggle is real for husbands really as well, is, yeah. because those little moments, like kids, have a wonderful way of filling in every little gap of your day, right? <laughs> well, With, and your capacity to like, yeah. And then when when you finally be. do have time at the end of the day, you're just you're just totally beat from <laughs> you know from running 100 miles an hour all day long. So, um, I found it helpful to really. Um, see the little spaces as synonymous with opportunities to, like Selena said, get in the word. Um, So I I think it does apply to both a husband and a wife Mm -hmm. in this situation. I will say this, husbands, help, help your wife, Mm -hmm. right? If she's, if if you have a newborn at home, that's going to be a bigger burden on a woman, Mm -hmm. on a wife, whether that child is nursing or not, there's going to be a lot more of a motherly need there. Mm -hmm. So try to make space and send your bride out Right. So a few times I'll just say, hey, you go get coffee for two hours. Go read. Or short amounts of time. You know, a little bit of time goes or a long ways minutes. with moms. <laughs> I'll just take I'll take the kids and yeah. into this room. You go into the other room and you just read or do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we a lot, a lot of times we'll say 
that for physiological reasons, like go take a nap and that's good, but there's spiritual reasons as well. And one more thing I want to jump in, integrate as much as you can. You know, when you have a toddler and you need to spend time with them and you want to read them a story, read them the Jesus Storybook Bible. Find those things that you can connect with your kid and with you. I can't tell you how many times I've almost cried and, and had the Storybook Bible minister to me as well. And so do those things together. Why do we don't need things to be segmented all awesome. the time, right? Yeah, that's good. All right. Woo. Feeling hot. Whoa, Feeling coming yeah. in hot coming now. Coming in hot. <laughs> all right. Okay. So somebody asked, this is a very pressing question. Yeah. Ty Miller from Facebook. <laughs> Please assist the countless hundreds of thousands of couples out there contemplating and even suffering a marital fracture over how to properly put the toilet paper on the roller. He said scripture may be beneficial, but only if it supports the under method. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I answered, Ty, I gave you an answer on Facebook. I said, this is one of those things that we just leave to mystery, you know? <laughs> the Bible's not clear on this. Uh, Although I will say somebody posted a picture of the patent for toilet paper and they show it on the over method. That's funny. I think it's, you know, it's one of those things. It's you know, a, I think it's over, over is easier. Depends on the type of, of roller, roller you, you have. have. That's true. Because if you have the kind that's like freewheeling, yeah, over, I think ours it makes is, sense. Ours is... It's not up. a free. It's a, no. it sits in there. It, it sits, sits in, in a, like little, a little like pocket, little thing. holster. What the heck? Toilet paper holster. <laughs> <laughs> I should just wear a toilet paper holster to the okay. bathroom, <laughs> then you'll never run out. Never run out. <laughs> anyway. Oh man. Okay, so this is kind of along the lines with the first uh, question we answered, which is how do you get back to your marriage after you've had a baby? And this was Elizabeth from Instagram. So yeah, we did ask a couple questions about babies and pregnancy, and so tried to, we tried to kind of group them together a little yeah, bit. Yeah, because it, I mean, kids have a way of taking up everything, all of your your time, your energy, your focus, and your ability to even just have some time together, and that that's huge. And so. We wanted to spend some time, ta- and especially I feel like young children, they have right. this way about them, right? They're very dependent. Um, so yeah, how do you get to back to your marriage after a baby? Hmm. And I mean, I'm assuming this is on all levels, sexually well, and, you know, emotionally it's hard because moms definitely have post-pregnancy hormones that are trying to mm-hmm. level out, you know, your body's changing again. And yeah. I think at least for a wife, understanding that you, again, are and a mom, you're going through those changes. You're figuring out what it means to be a mom if you're a first time mom or you're navigating like multiple children and a new baby. And so, you know, having our husband, having our spouse as mm-hmm. a priority, I mean, that's that's going to take some conversations. I think the tendency in this instance to answer this question is to say, Hey, just schedule time for a date night and just schedule all this stuff and be intentional. And I think you're asking this question because I feel like intentionality is going to, it's, it's going to be something that you already know to do. Mm-hmm. So I think in this instance, I'd, ra- I, I'd, I'd like to encourage you that this, a season of having a small baby is, is a short season. It's, very it's short. a very short season. So what I'm going to recommend in this case is yes, be intentional if you can. If mm-hmm. you have family and friends nearby who can, who can give you like a night mm-hmm. to go grab a date and try to make that a regular thing. Mm-hmm. That's very good. Be intentional about intimacy when, when you're ready. I know that there's a time when that's not possible, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, after that six, seven, eight week mark, when you're feeling ready, like make time to actually get back into that yeah. because it's not going to just happen in an instant and you have right. to kind of warm up again. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that six weeks there, there are, are other ways to be intimate, right? Mm-hmm. Without without intercourse. And yeah, and I had a friend who said, sorry to interrupt you, yeah. but she said um, she had her first baby, and she said, you know, I love my baby, but I really missed my husband. Mm. And so she scheduled a just like a night away at a hotel, and she had felt comfortable. Her baby was in a good place. She felt like she could leave it with her, leave him with her family. And she was confident about this. And when you get to that point, I think you can do that. And I think that's great to have maybe something to look forward to yeah. um, after, you know, you've had a baby and you're kind of in the in the mire and the muck. <laughs> I think it's really important to establish milestones around yeah. these things. And not in the sense where you have to get to a milestone to feel like you're making progress, but really more like um, they are like posts in the sand that kind mm-hmm. of say this season was a beautiful thing and it, it has a start and a finish, right? Yeah. So obviously when the baby's born, that's the beginning. Mm-hmm. But having something like that where maybe it's two months later mm-hmm. where you can go away, you try to go away for a night, mm-hmm. that could be a, a milestone at the end of that saying that season was two months and it was beautiful. It was tough. It was yeah. new. Our baby's now two months old. Right. And that gives you something to look forward to. Yeah. And I think maybe husbands can lead that with obviously – 
being sensitive to their wives because our firstborn was really tough. I would never have left her at two months because she, maybe it was a firstborn thing, but she was very attached from the beginning. She still is. She's the one that has a hard time with us leaving still. Um, and she's five years old. Our second born's like, yeah, Our, whatever. Yeah. You guys are still a thing? You still a thing? <laughs> Just so go do there are baby. Do. I don't want any guilt out there. Yeah. Um, you know your babies, you know your family, and you just kind of put those milestones out there and get out little by little. Just kind of get those those time frames out a little mm-hmm. bit longer, a little bit longer. Yeah. And so that's good. If you can't get out overnight, then don't feel bad. Think through what that might look like for you. Well, and getting back to your marriage, getting back to normal, what you guys had as normal, maybe like getting out sooner, going to the grocery store together, just doing simple things together and getting back to normal life can kind of help, again, feel like you're together on on this, you know, and... Mm. Um, so anyways, it's a new, it's a new normal after a baby. It's you're, you know, you're going to have a normal of loving each other, but in new ways. Yeah. And it does, it does change and it it is good. Mm -hmm. And, but change is not always easy. Mm -hmm. So good. All right. So this one I like. I'm going to jump to an, I'm going to jump to one. Paul from Instagram. I feel like Instagram. you should cross these off because I don't know which ones you're doing all the time. You have them. He has them in order, but then he's jumping around. <laughs> Sorry, because the, the, the topics are... Okay. Are, Paul asked, how to have sex more often with my wife? <laughs> Let me know, buddy. Let me know the answer to that one. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You're great. It was funny just to read it. No, think. Paul's asking the question every guy has, but doesn't really know. I love that he just asked it. So... Um, to, to be honest, this is one of those things that you don't want to be, I don't want to laugh through it. Right. Cause there's a lot of couples that, that are struggling with intimacy and men who are feeling like maybe they are, what's the word? Um, wanting that, it more. Yeah, well, yeah, they have a, a desire that's not being met. Yeah. Right. And I think, um, you know, that's a legitimate desire to want to be intimate with your wife. I don't think now I'm going to say this. I don't think it's legitimate to want your wife to do everything that you want her to do just because you want her to do it. Right. Mm. And I say that knowing that a lot of men um, nowadays have a kind of a skewed perspective on sex in terms of, because of pornography and things like that. Right. Um, we've had a lot of guys say, I just want my wife to do this act in bed and she won't do it. Uh, that's not what we're talking about. We're mm. talking about how do you, how do you genuinely experience intimacy together with your wife? Um, more often, more often. I think it always starts with a conversation. Yeah. Meaning that you have a, you say, and the conversation has to be candid. And it's really hard for a wife not to take this personally. Mm-hmm. Like, let's talk. I mean, we had this conversation a number of years back mm-hmm. where we just said, okay, because we kept feeling the sense of frustration in our marriage. We weren't mm-hmm. being into I, I felt it namely because I had expectations that were not being met in terms of frequency. And I got really kind of flustered when I had to ask because I felt like I, did, I shouldn't have to ask. Mm-hmm. Even though, guys, I don't, I don't think that's a real, realistic expectation. You should <laughs> like expect that you're going to need to talk about it and ask. Mm-hmm. Having having that conversation around this topic is crucial. And the conversation for us was just, hey, I love you and I want more of you. Mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful thing. Um, there's all kinds of nuance around this. If there's if there's sexual abuse or sexual history that makes yeah, that you hard, need to you need to talk through, through that it. stuff. And I think, you know, that's it was hard for us to even have those words of like, I love you and I want more of you. You know, for for me, I think I've I had some intimacy issues just because. Um, I think I had attachment issues, you know, just, just my family of origins, like growing up in a, a divorced home and learning how to love someone and not ever seeing it modeled for me, not sex, but modeled in terms of like a husband loving a wife. And have you kind of had a, a, uh, a view of sex that you thought it was just kind well, of inherently was, gross. Right. I mean, right. It was abstinence. Down, we were, yeah. we were, we were raised in a Christian church that was talked about abstinence, that sex was good, but only for marriage. So it's like, you just don't explore that as at least I didn't as a teenager. I, I was, it was off limits. It was not something um, that I knew. And then going into it, I don't think I had enough um, people around me that really cared about me. And so I didn't have those people to ask questions to. Yeah. Um, and so I just was kind of felt like I was walking a bit blindly through everything especially figuring out like sex and frequency and are we supposed to have it this many times? Why should we have it this many times? Why do I always feel like I have to give it to you? You know, those kinds of like questions that kind of spiral you down sometimes. But, um, I think it, for me, what helped was having this idea of, okay, we are every two to three days. So then I know, you know, there's no, there shouldn't be people not knowing. (laughs) There shouldn't, we should know. Right. And there's this yeah, it's understanding. Not like this, oh, I didn't know you wanted to, to be close or have sex. Right. And then it just blows up. And then you're and then you're like, before you know it, you're two weeks and you mm-hmm. haven't been close. And right. that leads to all kinds of other temptations. Temptations and, and things. Yep. So 
Uh, there's a verse. Um, this is a good one to go to God's word. Now, we try to speak truth from God's word. Now, this on this episode, we won't necessarily go to a passage every question. Mm-hmm. But this one's 1 Corinthians 7. I'm just going to paraphrase it. But basically, a husband and a wife should give to each other their conjugal rights. And they should not abstain unless by agreement. Right? That's what it says. Mm-hmm. And for a spiritual purpose and for a fixed period of time. Mm-hmm. Okay? So there's three kind of qualifiers for why a couple should not be having sex mm-hmm. outside of things like we just had a baby. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's physically, you know, painful, impossible type mm-hmm. of thing. So if any couple who's listening to this, and we're answering Paul's question, um, but any couple listening to this, if you're not having a steady, healthy rhythm of sexual um, intimacy in your mm-hmm. marriage, there, there's probably reason for conversation in there, mm-hmm. right? Because if, if you're not abstaining intentionally for spiritual purposes and for a fixed period of time and by agreement, mm-hmm. if, in other words, if one of you is withholding and the other one doesn't, doesn't want that, then it's time to have a conversation around it. And if that conversation doesn't bear fruit, mm-hmm. meaning that there's no actual change, then it's time to um, bring in someone else to help you. Uh, that's and a that counselor, like a pastor, yes. mentor. Um, but I'm going to recommend a counselor, a Christian, a, a Bible-based counselor. Right. And, and, and or a pastor. Right. And a lot of times a pastor and a counsel, counselor will work kind of in conjunction around couples in right. their church. So right. obviously that all assumes that you're part of a body of believers that is gospel centered. Right. Um, so that's a big one. But, um, but yeah. yeah. So I think we're getting kind of into this conversation. I don't want to miss the ones that we mentioned before. Um, so I think we should tackle the hard one that we mm. we were kind of like, oh, okay. we should, should we do this? So we got a voicemail mm-hmm. from a from, from someone a, from a gentleman. And it's, he was very emotional in it Mm -hmm. and it's a very hard topic and we're just going to talk, talk to it as much as we can. But here it is. He says, uh, we're not going to play it. I'm just going to read kind of the transcript from Mm -hmm. it. He said, me and my wife are going through a tough break in our marriage and we found, found out we were pregnant and my wife doesn't really want the baby. And she, she's already scheduled an appointment for an abortion and I don't agree with it. I feel in our Christian walk, we've had some ups and downs. We turn away because things that happened in our marriage that shouldn't have happened, um, and we're on very thin ice. I'm very scared. I feel like if it happens, it's going to be my fault. I just feel very bad for her as well because I don't think she really knows what's going to be the outcome of what she's going to change into after she makes this decision. I feel like she's going to regret it. I feel very lost and feel like I don't know what's going to happen after she makes the decision. Yeah, that's huge. That's oh, huge. it's so difficult. You can feel his... You can feel the pain, pain, and there's a lot of questions, I think, even in our, you know, as you're listening, you, you have a lot of questions, uh, and there's not a lot of answers here. Like, we have hmm. only what he said and what they're going through. Right, it's and, hard without their context. Right. I do want to be clear on this. So we, our stance is that we believe that a, a baby, um, as soon as there is a fertilization, that mm-hmm. that is a human child, and that human child has a soul, and it has every human right that it should have, including life. Mm-hmm. And that we also we also believe that it's it's not just pro birth it's pro life uh, but we we stand on the traditional like biblical side of it. I just want to be crystal clear about that. But we also have not done a good job of being holistic in our fight for life. Yeah. Right. And so right. there's some nuance there that we are going to talk about later. We're, we, I, I think I mentioned earlier we have some guests coming on the show. Yeah. A guy named Adam Griffin. He's a pastor in Texas. He's very passionate about this topic. Very articulate. Him and his wife. They're very articulate around this topic. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to. Don't worry. We're not going to leave you hanging there. So that's where we stand. We. Mm-hmm. But this whole topic, pro-life, uh, pro-choice, it all hinges on one question, and that's whether or not life begins at conception or not. Now, if you believe that life begins at conception, then obviously, mm-hmm. right, how could we possibly justify killing that life, uh, whether it's in the mm-hmm. womb or outside of the womb? Now we're answering the question, how do we, how do you deal with this hardship when you believe, right? And I, again, I'm not trying to get super political, but she, he doesn't want this. It's it's his child too, and right. she's choosing it. Right. How, how is he to handle that? In those cases, you know, you can ask questions. I mean, she's not, a mother does not, a woman doesn't want to kill someone. They don't think of it like that, right? They're thinking of it in probably some sort of self-preservation um, perspective. Mm-hmm. And so they're not, I. she's obviously, you know, maybe she's just having some fears. Maybe there's something around that, around birth and pregnancy that um, hasn't been uncovered yet in their marriage. And maybe they've... You know, he said they've had a rough marriage. They've, they're on thin ice, so he doesn't feel like he can say anything to it. But I think when you ask questions, um, you can really begin to show how much you care about someone. And when your motivations are to love them and to love them into, 
you know, holiness and to love them closer to Christ, mm-hmm. your questions are different. Um, I would, I would definitely encourage him to, um, seek out how to ask good questions or how to ask questions. Um, yeah. there's only, I can only think of a woman's podcast for this, but asking why, you know, why do you feel this way? And what has something happened to you mm-hmm. that has made you make this decision? And is there anything that I can do? Um, because I love you and I love this baby. How can I, support you and how can I help you through this journey? You're not alone, you know, making sure that she doesn't feel alone in this. And again, this is very nuanced. We don't know their marriage. We don't know their relationship, but I, in what he said, it's been a rough road and maybe they haven't had conversations like this before, or if they're just really hard to have, but I would just say, ask questions, ask questions, ask questions Mm. and come to the table honestly and don't be offended if you, you the first answer that she gives you is one of just offense right like i don't i don't yeah. have to answer to you but like peel back those layers dive in deep stick to it so the struggle is is our, is she willing to give the conversation enough room to breathe before right. she makes this irreversible right. decision right because we live in a culture that allows it mm-hmm. right where it's still legal tragically mm-hmm. to kill an unborn child mm-hmm and um, that's that's to me where the tension lies in this question is that is she in a place where she's willing to let this breathe before mm. she makes this mm-hmm. decision? Because you can't undo it. Right. Well, and, and I think so, asking questions might help her feel safer. And a it might bit. it might help her. Yeah, that's really good. It might help her feel more loved and heard and heard. Yeah. And then because um, just just shouting at her and that yeah, that's not going to help her gonna feel right. Right. So obviously we want to fight it tooth and nail for the life of this child. Right. But it's going to take... It, um, it might look different than what we're thinking, gonna, yeah. right? Yeah. It's not... She's not a political... Like, she's a real human being that right. needs to be talked to and, and loved through this. Right. And not, she's not just a political soundbite right. to be, like, shouted at or tweeted Absolutely. at. Right? Absolutely. So there's, a, there's some amazing resources for this that I do want to point people to on this topic in the um, show notes. And it's all about the sanctity of life. And it talks about kind of why our consciences, individual and corporate, won't let this topic go away. This mm-hmm. topic of abortion, the Roe v. Wade, uh, the anniversary just happened a few weeks ago, and why that's a, still a big hot topic. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, this is a big thing. So yeah. we're, we're going to cover this in another episode as it pertains to marriage, namely yeah. birth control. Yeah. Right? It's not We're not a political podcast, so we want to kind of stay within our mm. scope. But we do want to speak speak truth into this area as it pertains to the married couples that will listen to yeah. to us. Yeah, so okay. good. Okay. All right. Well, we should be praying for them. So yeah, why don't you say a quick prayer just because? Okay. Uh, God, thank you for these uh, for this man, this husband who was so honest and transparent with us. Mm-hmm. Um, that they would share their hard hard times with us. And God, we pray that you would be Lord over the situation. I pray for softened hearts. Mm. I pray for unified hearts. I pray for um, your mercy and compassion on them and Mm. on all of us. And that there would be people in their lives that they could uh, run to and that would help shine your light and bring your words into the situation. Mm. Pray for peace and clarity and wisdom, God, and um, help us to as believers know where we stand and be able to love people um, where they're at and walk through journeys Mm -hmm. with them and ask questions because we love them, Lord. In your name, amen. Amen. Okay. Let's do an easy one after this. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Someone asked. It's not to make light of the previous question, but just to kind of breathe, breathe a little bit. So someone asked Whataburger or In-N-Out and Selena. Is it Whataburger or is it Whataburger? That's a good question. I'm not from, I'm not from, I think it's a Texas thing. (laughs) I'm not from Texas, but I have been to a Whataburger. I have not. So. And I'm going to say Whataburger is, is the one. I choose that over In-N-Out. Now we did live in California for five years Mm -hmm. and In-N-Out was a thing. It was a staple in our diet. (laughs) (laughs) And In-N-Out has a place. See, I, Selena will, she'll like turn her nose up at me because I get really snobby about burgers. I feel like burgers have different classes, right? (laughs) So it's like apples and oranges. Like uh, I feel like In-N-Out's like the three dollar range, and mm-hmm. Whataburger's like a five dollar range. Like they don't really compete. They're they're both good. They're just different. Mm-hmm. They're like our children. We love them both differently. Okay. <laughs> I got this burger baby and another burger baby, and I love them both. I'm gonna show them both equal amounts of love. 
Uh, You're too funny. Yeah, I'm going to say Whataburger. So thanks, Dex, from Instagram for that question. We needed it. In and out. But that's only because I haven't had it, so uh, I don't know. I, uh, In-N-Out kind of stands alone, though. It's kind of one of those things that it's hard to compare. Well, with that answer, we're going to talk about submission next. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Just kidding. We do need to talk about the roles and then oh. talk about uh, in-laws. Okay. Well, okay. So what's the next one? <laughs> okay. The one you said. Which the, one? The, um, oh, that's at the very end. Okay. You want to do that one no, next? No. No. Which one did you just say? I'm blanking out. Oh, um, submission. And how do you, what's a concrete example? Oh, yes. Okay. Someone said, where was it? Uh, I need an actual example, a concrete analogy of how a man leads and a wife submits. Adriana from Instagram. Okay. Um, concrete example. A concrete example. Okay. So we have this thing in our marriage and it's kind of unspoken. We've talked about it, but it's not something that I like lord over selena and because that would never work <laughs> that's not, that would never work and not only that i have no See, i have no submission desire. is just a way to get you to do what i want <laughs> i'm just kidding yeah. that's not what it is y- usurper <laughs> <laughs> you scorpion woman no actually i don't have a desire to lord because i i love you and i want to be generous to you mm-hmm. right so i feel like this idea of submission and headship very rarely like has in a loving marriage very rarely is it come down to this right but before I, I and I want to give a t- concrete example in our own marriage. But before I do that, I feel like we tend to see this idea of submission and headship. In other words, like complementarity, right? Mm-hmm. Talking about in the household, mm-hmm. we believe that we're complementary, different roles, mm-hmm. right? We think of that as like a big, gross pill to swallow, right? <laughs> like we have to just kind of grin and bear this weird doctrine that is cross, that is counterculture. And but I want to, I want to just blow the lid off of that because this is the path to joy, right? Mm-hmm. Will you say like, as a wife, we believe in this. Mm-hmm. I just want to ask you candidly, please. <laughs> I'm like, please don't prove me wrong. <laughs> no, but in, I mean, I know what you're going to say. Is it, do you think this is a taking away from your joy to say, I want to submit well, not, lovingly to not, my husband? Yeah, not joy. I think t- it, it feels like an attack because society has built it up so much. And we had a good episode about society and cultural truths versus like mm-hmm. biblical truths a couple episodes back. So take a listen. But um, in terms of submission, you know, we are, it's not, it doesn't clash with my heart because God has helped me understand the role that submission plays in a bigger picture. And it's not attacking. I don't feel attacked um, for my gender or identity or being less of a person, I feel more equipped to be stepping into a role that is modeling mm. love and respect and honor to my husband for my girls and and say, seeing that I play, I get to play this integral part in helping them understand God's design for marriage mm-hmm. and how it reflects, you know, God and the church and Christ right. and all that. So I think what I'm getting at before we answer this question in a very practical way is that this is assuming that we are on the same page, that mm-hmm. it's good in the for the right expression of this doctrine, this complementarity, that we are different but equal, mm-hmm. that it's good to have that balance. I, I, there's a book, um, Systematic Theology. Yeah, and they, the way he talks about it, it says, the creation, the creation of, ma- of man as male and female shows God's image in three ways. One harmonious interpersonal relationships. So we see the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We mm-hmm. see their headship there. Mm-hmm. But we also see, and so we see headship in the marriage in a similar way. Two, equality in personhood and importance. Right? We're both equally people and equally important. Right? That's important. And the difference in role and authority. So we oftentimes, because we have a very like um, output-driven culture, mm-hmm. uh, career-driven culture, and there's a lot of hierarchy in the career. We do see some distortion of these roles in those areas. We tend to equate authority and role with personhood. Mm. And that is not a biblical way to look at this this relationship, right? And so th- they're distorted in a lot of ways. So how? So, so we often see what? Okay, so there's two ways that these these roles are distorted. There's, there's errors of aggressiveness and errors of passivity. So for instance, in a marriage, right? If you've ever felt like, you know, a husband is domineering or Mm. mean or tyrannical in Mm -hmm. his leadership and not loving, that's a distortion. Mm. Or what, um, or if if a wife is completely passive Mm. and not asking hard questions Mm -hmm. and not the one that's probing the depths of her husband's heart and has just said, it's easier to avoid conflict. That's an error of passivity, Mm. right? Or a wife might be completely divisive and say, my husband doesn't have any authority. I'm going to rebel against that. Mm. And I'm going to, I'm going to, 
you know, foment mm-hmm. insurrection, <laughs> right? To use an office quote, <laughs> um, that's that's an error of of aggressiveness on the wife's part, and then an error of passivity on the husband's part is just completely relegate your sense of I need to lead my family, mm-hmm. I need to love them well and lead them sacrificially and love them as Christ loved the church. That's something that is very active. That's not a passive thing. Mm-hmm. And so these distortions have given us a, a bad view of this. So the question, to come back around to the question is... <laughs> I, I think it's to... important to lay the groundwork because only yes. when we lay this groundwork and begin to understand where these questions are coming from and understanding the, like, the theology behind them, then can we truly like answer mm-hmm. them. Yeah. So again, to come back around to the question, is this, this um, Adriana said, I need an actual example, a concrete analogy of how man leads and a wife submits. Mm-hmm. So you had a good one we were talking beforehand about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for us, I mean, it's not an analogy. It's a thing that we actually enact right. in our home. We have two daughters. And so I definitely want to be intentional about modeling submission in our house and modeling uh, support of my husband being the role, the leader and the head of our household. That is, those are the biblical roles that we believe. And so one way that this happens in our home is that I really try to hand Ryan the Bible or I want him to lead our devotions as a family. We want him to be... Mm Yes, I, t- I teach them from the Bible, our kids, and when Ryan's working, you know, I'll lead prayers and all of that. That's not what we're talking about. When when it comes to our spiritual life and, and understanding and moving together, um, I want my husband to be at the steering wheel pressing the gas, and he's the one right. that is, is teaching and modeling and leading that charge. And I, as a husband, take that charge very seriously, and mm-hmm. I want to lead our family well. But if I fail, and I do, mm-hmm. Selena's there to help. Mm-hmm. Like we see in second in, in Genesis two, mm-hmm. that she will be his helper. And you are the one that comes alongside me. I love this analogy. Matt Chandler talked about this. He says, if you're ever walking on the sidewalk and you see a little boy working on his bicycle mm-hmm. and he can't seem to figure out how to get the chain on right, or he can't fix it right. And you decide to stop and, and offer help to him. Who's the expert in that situation? Is it the helper? The one who's submitting to this little boy trying to get the thing, mm-hmm. the job done? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the helper has mm-hmm. has the knowledge. So, like to be a helper, the Holy not, Spirit is our helper, right? It's That's not, not to, the Holy Spirit is not a lesser God. It's not a demeaning thing right. to right. be a helper. It's a thing. It's it's there's equal in personhood and importance. Mm-hmm. It's just different roles. And mm-hmm. so, again, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We see the headship of the Father. We mm-hmm. see the Son, the submission, being of, the the submission son. of the Son. And again, not to get into the doctrine part of that, but just to say. That we see that dynamic happening in mm-hmm. the Trinity mm-hmm. in a very beautiful way, and it's beautiful in marriage as well. So right. those are some good concrete analogies. I think we also have the fifty-fifty-one rule in our house. If ever we're at an impasse where we mm-hmm. can't find an agreement on a big decision, which is pretty rare, it's very rare. Again, I've said this before, but I try to always err toward the on generosity. If we're at an impasse and I can give, I'll give. Like mm-hmm. if we want to go, this is a dumb example, but if we want to <laughs> go to a certain restaurant, I'm I feel strongly. Selena feels strongly. And if I'm if I'm on my game, I'll for, I'll I'll be generous and I'll say, well, we'll do what you want to do, right? That's not what this is talking about. Because we always do what I want to do. But Just there's kidding. a time where I just need you to trust me, mm-hmm. and that's where we have like the fifty fifty one rule, where like we, we both have equal say, and mm-hmm. if necessary, I just get this one, extra one percent that doesn't <laughs> exist outside of this right. example. And you just trust me. Yep. And, that's and we've a, learned to trust each other over time. Yes. It is not something that happens, you know, in the first year of marriage. You're learning to trust through all of your um, baggage that you brought into mm. your marriage, right? There's there's things that you got to work through. So, Have I ever had to pull that card on you? Um, I don't even remember a time. I mean, I think you pull it afterwards. Not the card, but you're kind of like, this is, you weren't like, this is why you should have trusted me. But it was like, <laughs> this is a good example for us to walk through again and see how I wanted you to trust me in this because I, I know, I know things seem, it's like cliff jumping with you. It's like, you know, the cliffs, you know, the depths of the water. I see all the dangers and I'm like, nope. You want to jump. You just don't I know I want to jump, but I don't know it yet. And so I submit to you and jump. No, that's yeah. not what it is, but it's trust. It's that's, that's what that illustration is, is trust. And, and on the flip side, you I've... are worthy of trust when you build that and lead and love well as yeah. a husband. Well, but it's also one of these things that as a wife, it's an obedience thing for you in terms of like obeying God yeah, in this command, in right? Yeah. And that, and it's trusting that you're a loving husband. That's but I would not never gonna just throw that in your face and say, "Obey right. God and listen to me." Right? That's not a loving thing. That's so, a distortion of of authority. It's right? so hard to talk about this because I feel like there's so many ways to be heard wrong. Yes. But yeah, I can't remember a time when we've ever had to Mm-mm. really pull that card. I've learned to listen to you, if anything, more clearly in your intuition. So yeah. Anyway, we spent a lot of time on that one. All so right, we, we should get probably talk about the. Talk about sex, because everybody wants to talk about that. 
Oh, baby. <laughs> okay, so how to deal with... He's got to wrap this up, probably another two or three questions. So this is a common question we get. Someone asked on Instagram, how do I deal with, how do we deal with an asymmetrical desire or low libido? What do we mean? What do they mean by that? Is What's that, that mean? <laughs> uh, libido is your sex drive, right? Mm -hmm. Asymmetrical desire, and we've used this term, is where one person wants sex more than the other. Mm -hmm. So how do you deal with that? What do you say? Well, I want it all the time, obviously. So. <laughs> <laughs> you Are we tell talking me. like three times a day or five times a day? <laughs> no. That's the question. I think uh, it's, I think it's good to have some self-awareness, right? And to have an understanding of your desires and understanding your spouse's desires. Right. And you, you, the only way you can understand that is having a conversation about it mm. and talking about it and why those desires are where they're at. I mean, maybe there was abuse in the past or maybe there is just a low libido and mm -hmm. then maybe you need to talk to a counselor or psychiatrist on how to, to deal with that. If it's really extreme. Um, again, I would, I would recommend professional help, um, I think there's things you can do to kind of get the engine going, right? Mm -hmm. And so you can talk about sex mm -hmm. more openly and just uh, press into that kind of uncomfortable space of mm -hmm. of talking about, hey, what what do you want for sex and what or how do you want the sex to be? <laughs> let's start with that question. <laughs> how, let's talk the sex. Um, no, understanding what each of you enjoys and yeah, talk again, through that. It'll get your engine kind of going. And a remembering bit. throughout the whole thing that you know, sex is. It's, it's selfless, but it's also like, it's, it's giving and it's also receiving. I don't want to say it's selfish, right? Cause it's not, I'm not pursuing mm, you for something that's for really me, good. but in a sense, I sort of am right. Like and that's okay I'm giving because you're taking and I'm it receiving from each and, other. and that's the way God created it and intended it to be. I'm giving freely. You're giving freely. We're both receiving freely right. as but well. There's a point that maybe one would feel used at some point. Right. Yeah, And that's where that's where it stops that's, being edifying. Right. That's where that would be a red flag. And we need say. to have conversations saying, you seem to want this more than I do. And I, maybe I don't know why, maybe I don't feel it, or maybe you're wanting it too much. There's or, plenty of times when you will say, Hey, I'm good. Like, I don't need this, but I know that we need to connect in this way. So mm -hmm. let's just, yeah. let, let, it's business and it's good in right. that. And there's other times when it's like, no, let's make some, some room for this. So we have a, there's look back on the podcast, um, archives. There's one called, um, the spectrum, uh, of the spectrum sex. of sex. Thank you. Check that one out. That talks about it a little bit and how to kind of have conversations around mm -hmm. this. It also talks about establishing expectations mm -hmm. around like snack sex versus like having a feast right. and the timing for those. Yep. And, and, and all of these are with a caveat of, again, knowing yourselves and knowing the baggage and or the hurt and pains that you've mm -hmm. experienced maybe before you were married um, and, and seeking professional help to work through those, mm. um, not just taking our word on this podcast for mm -hmm. things. So, um, okay. I think this is one of our last questions probably is yeah. how do you deal with overbearing in-laws and family? That's Charlotte from Instagram. IG. Okay. So that's tough. I, one of the things that we've talked about is kind of creating a, a healthy barrier, a boundary around. Mm -hmm. So your covenant is a, it's a boundary. You're saying like, this is mm -hmm. inside our covenant. Mm -hmm. We're inside it. All our conversation, our sexual relationship, our certain emotional parts, um, our kids, all this stuff is all with, within this covenant. Mm -hmm. Um, and there are, there's other, there's stuff that's outside of the covenant right. that, that we will not, that will never make it inside, right? right? Other people mm -hmm. in the, in an intimate sense, uh, there will never be, you know, certain breaches of that covenant. So in the same way you, you have a nuclear family now, right? Mm -hmm. You, Selena, you're my priority. Our daughters are our priority. We've, we went through a thing with our family. We love our family. Mm -hmm. We really do. Mm -hmm. But we went through a thing where we had to be very intentional about creating a, this is you, this is us. Right. And it's not a divisive thing, but it's a, I'm the head of our household. I'm accountable. This is what I did as a man. And you felt loved in this, right? Mm -hmm. I said, I am looking out just selfishly and unashamedly for the my family in this situation because mm -hmm. there was a toxic thing happening mm -hmm. and we had to consciously draw a line around it. And that ended up being a very healthy thing for us. Did that immediately resolve our family woes? No. No. But, but we were most, on the same team. Yes. And it, I think it was the most loving thing we could have done in the situation. Um, and probably the most biblical. We don't make those kinds of decisions on a whim. You know, mm -hmm. we're very much of the mindset of, of reconciliation and having, you know, I think overbearing, you know, this question of overbearing in-laws and family, um, boundaries are important in, in all senses because we, you know, you hear us talk about having advocates for your marriage versus adversaries, right? There's people that 
especially I think our families should be advocates for our marriage, right? We are trying, we've made this covenant, you know, God has brought us together. Let not man separate. And when we are, when our family is, have become adversaries, right? Mm -hmm. There's, there's gossip, there's malice, there's things that are being said about our spouse in our presence. And there's nothing that there's no one that's advocating for us then there definitely needs to be set some boundaries that are set in yeah. place around you and your spouse and your covenant. And if they're feeling overbearing, you know, you got to have a conversation obviously with your spouse because it's their parents and you need yeah. to under, have a conversation in love as, as emotional as I think wives can get. And even husbands, right? We can all get defensive of our parents, quirks and all. We love them, but there are parents and we're the only ones that get to be like critical. Of yes. Them, yeah. <laughs> So um, I think it definitely it warrants conversation and saying and expressing mm. what areas do you feel like his parents are being overbearing or her parents are being overbearing because well, you need to have some examples I think of why you're feeling this and it's happened over a consistent amount of time to yeah. be a thing. So the underlying ideology here is that they leave and cleave, right? We're called to oneness mm-hmm. with our spouse, not with our spouse plus our parents, mm. right? We're called to leave our parents and cleave to each other. And that's for a biblical reason, because that's that's how you get to a unity, a place of unity. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it models this dynamic between Christ and the church and, and the unity between a husband and a wife, mm-hmm. uh, like the personhood of the, the Trinity, right? And so there's that sense of um, you need to fight for this, because yeah. in some cases it won't happen naturally. And how you fight for it, it starts with a conversation together, yeah. cleaving to each other, mm-hmm. m- getting on the same team and saying, we are on the same team. It's not me and my family versus you and yours. Right. It's, and it's that it's me and you against, not against, but for, <laughs> for this marriage and right. for our family. Right. And okay. So how can we navigate these waters right. together? And they're not water. They're not easy waters to navigate, right? Because our parents may not believe mm. the same things that we believe and they may not be on board or affirm the same things that yeah. we want to establish. And so, that's where I think I feel like godly community through the church and the body of Christ can really come in and be a support as yeah. well as a filter, right? And like help us. Um, we can ask questions saying, if we ask this to our in-laws, how would this come across? Do you feel, you know, or if we were saying this, how would, have you ever dealt with this? How, how yeah. would you say this to people? And um, yeah, so know the, the sense of what, what, what are they being overbearing about? Right. And if it's a, like a faith thing, then, then you want to make sure and you, clearly delineate those lines right and why they, they might be not being on in agreement with you um how's your throat your coffin okay good. i was distracted good. for a moment there <laughs> i'm gonna make sure you're okay i'm good thanks okay we can talk on that forever there actually is an episode on in-laws so look yeah. that up as well mm-hmm. we talk at greater length um on that topic i'm sure we'll come back to it at some point yep okay so let's see i'll just do one more question we'll do very okay. fast okay so for first-time parents how do we keep a marriage strong while the baby becomes the focus? Did we already answer that one? I feel like we did. I mean, sort of. Yeah. So first time parents. Young children. Again, just intentionality. Yeah. Have conversations around it. And it doesn't have milestones, to be. Milestones. Yes. Posts. And it doesn't have to be big, extravagant things, right? Sometimes it's just, hey, how about I do this this diaper changing? Oh, yeah. And how about I just sit with the baby for a little bit while you get some rest okay. or take a shower? So again, intentionality in the small moments, I think, is huge because you already feel overwhelmed with well, we can't really go out to dinner anymore for a long time, it feels well, like, or tenet- we can't do these things that we did right. as not parents. <laughs> and the tendency is to discount the small in-between. Right. And if we don't enjoy the in-between moments, we miss out on the vast well, majority think, of life. Yeah, I think it's God's grace and, so, and gift to us to slow down and see right. the in-between and the small, slow moments, how we can build right. relationship with our children and also be giving our, our a gift of, of free time or love to our, our spouse, right. you know? And so don't just think that your marriage has to grow in the mountaintops and you have to wait for these big date nights or these big like right. trigger points to actually just feel married, mm-hmm. like press into that in the small in-between moments. I do want, I, I wanted this last question. Um, well, know that your marriage is growing. Sorry. Even though yeah. it's not, it may not be blooming. A friend told me this from Ruth Chow. She said, even though you may not see the blooms, right? You don't see blooms on trees. It no, doesn't mean they're not growing underneath. So Ooh, that's good. Especially I now know. it's wintertime and it's snowing like crazy where we live. Yep. So. We're getting the snowpocalypse going on here. <laughs> uh, last one, I promise this time. How do I push my spouse to be a believer without being overpowering? And what resources can I point my unbelieving spouse to? That's from Instagram. First answer is you don't push your spouse to being a believer. <laughs> <laughs> like just just stop trying that. Yeah. Just pray and trust the Lord. Love your spouse well. Mm-hmm. 
love at love as you have been loved in Christ mm. selflessly mm-hmm. and, and you know and that's action oriented yeah, meet them where they're at meet them where they're at trust him pray yeah. trust trust God pray for him or her uh, and then what resources can I point um, can we point you to um, for an unbelieving spouse well frankly uh, are they going to read depends them? on where they're at. Yeah. I was like, right. are they going to want to read them or is, do they have hard questions that they want to yeah. ask and find, find out what Christians believe on this? I mean, what's the point that they are having trouble with, I guess, or is there an area that they're struggling with that they want more information about? Because, um, there's lots of resources out there, I think, to talk to unbelievers, but it comes down to a uh, relationship and conversations. And, um, again, trusting and praying to God, who is the transformer of hearts, right? And the Holy Spirit is always drawing us near. The Bible reminds us of that. And so we have to really step into our role as, you know, loving them as Christ loved us, right? And loves us. Right. And showing them true selflessness and, you know, that they they don't deserve this, but I'm going to love them, right? And, And modeling that goes way further than sometimes just the words that we say. Yeah. And God will use mm-hmm. books and things, Yes, but it's hard to recommend a resource without knowing exactly where your spouse is at. Um, so I'd just say pray and love well and trust God. We've seen countless stories where there's a husband or a wife who have turned from God, who have like disavowed any sort of um, saving knowledge of Jesus. Right. And they've turned around because the Holy spirit is stronger than we could ever be as we fight for each other and stronger than we could ever be as we fight for ourselves. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah, I think that wraps up today's episode. What yeah. do you think? That's a, that's a lot of good questions in there. And we'll post a bunch of stuff, uh, resources in the, <clears throat> the show notes for sure. Yeah. But check out, you know, a couple of those other conversations in, in different episodes and, um, I'm excited for interviews because I think we're yeah. really going to be able to dive in more. That's what I was going to say is make sure you subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe because we got a lot of fun interviews, fun and challenging, frankly, challenging conversations coming down the pipeline. Uh, we're going to keep doing our Tuesday conversations, just you and I, and then we, right. we air interviews as extra content on Thursdays. About every other Thursday, we'll get to every Thursday at some point. Right. So make sure you subscribe. Again, this whole podcast is possible because of our amazing Patreon supporters. Uh, if you want to become a Patreon patron you can do that fierce uh what is it patreon.com slash <laughs> fierce marriage that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash fierce marriage we just hit our first goal of 100 patrons mm-hmm. now we're headed to 500 patrons and when we get there we're going to be able to do so much more and to to help get the progress going on that yeah so we're going to give the next 500 patrons that join at the five dollar patron level or higher we're going to give you a free pair of 500 people that join it's like the next hundred, I think. You I said meant, 500. Oh, whoops. The next, <laughs> the next about, hundred patrons that join. Sorry. The next hundred <laughs> patrons that join at $5 or more will get um, a coupon to get for free books on our website. Yep. So please join. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's, that's the pitch. Selena, do you want to pray for us? Sure. God, thank you so much for this day, for all these couples that shared these transparent questions. I pray that it was helpful. I pray that it sparked some questions and curiosity and provokes some thoughts and conversations. God, I pray that your word would be made clear above all and that you would uh, continue to give us people in our lives to help us journey in understanding Mm -hmm. uh, your word on all these different topics um, from abortion to uh, submission and roles and how to have, how to love each other well and um, Mm. how to understand sex and intimacy in, in the way that you designed it, God. And Just thank you that we can trust you in all of these situations. Uh, We love you, God. Thank you for Ryan and I being able to do this podcast. It is an honor and a privilege. Uh, In your name, amen. Amen. All right, with that, this episode is... In the can. All right, friends, we will see you in seven days. And until then, stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.